Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, go ahead and roll for perception. I got a 13. Hey, that's pretty good. With that, you can tell there's some fantasy situations going on. You hear some adult language. And with that, you can tell this podcast probably isn't for kids. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from large llamas to lawful lifestyles. And today, we're talking about lizard folk. All right, Brian. This is uh, this is an interesting episode. Uh, we're talking about lizard folk. Yeah, and our our low key obsession with them. As, yeah, as I do like them a lot. And, and DMs. Yeah, and and I do use them a lot. And I think they're general generally well liked. Um, they're they're a mob. Okay, first the off, the last mob, not the last mob. It's one of the mains, right? Uh, it's not one of the five that I named in the. Oh, that's episode. right. You're right. Uh, it's just some other mob. It's just some other mob. <laughs> and the thing is, is it really a mob? Or are they people too, Brian? Because they're <laughs> they're uh, lizard folk are people too. They're the a new pl- title of the episode. They're a playable race. Yes, they are. And so in Volo's Guide, I, right? In Volo's Guide, yeah. I actually had a conundrum. Do do I make this a monster mythos episode, or do I make it a races of the realm? What is it? Well, I decided to let Twitter decide, <laughs> and they overwhelmingly voted that it's a races of the realms episode. They twi- the internet generally likes things to be like a people. They yeah. don't like to just oh they're mindless beasts. Yeah. I think it's more interesting if they're a, a culture. And I agree. So this will be a uh, races of the realms episode. I think it was like seventy to thirty percent. The, that was the ratio of that's of, a lot yeah it was it was a big it was a landslide. usually the old school uh players are like no that's a monster you can't do that that's understandable because uh traditionally they are monsters but yeah, first they're fucking horrible they, they can be well yeah well, well, well in my experience they're very as interesting a player. and uh so so lizard folk. they're either horrible or they're dead that's my experience <laughs> as a player they're Liz- washing up on beaches yes <laughs> well yeah that's in that game all right so lizard folk what are they they're giant lizard people yeah there's no mythology necessary there is none they're just by, lizard gi- by giant dudes. they're like bigger than humans right Yeah, they're they're quite hulking um I, I find that this is uh commonly the way it works is either the D monster has 
some sort of mythological basis or they just took a human and a uh, animal and they slapped them together. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, or they're just big as fuck. Or oh, they're just big as fuck. <laughs> that too. That too. They're big. They're scaly. They got sharp teeth, claws, etc. They they they're uh, very gen- different looking from Dragonborn though, who have all those. Yeah. Things. Well, Dragonborn look like dragon men, while lizard folk look like lizard men. <laughs> so there it is. So or- dragons and lizards not necessarily the same looking, but can be, but aren't. In D and D, vanilla D and D or D and D plain. D&D classic. D&D classic, they're different looking. <laughs> One's green and one is only green sometimes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I mean, draconic features tend to be like almost a mixture of like dinosaur and, and lizard. Yeah, totally. While, while lizard folk, they look like big iguana men. Big iguana men. And they, and they tend to be naturally colored like lizards, you know, okay. like greens and browns and stuff that can camouflage well in their in their habitat. Damn, you um, could like really split it up to be like uh, some Komodo dragon looking motherfuckers. Oh, yeah, that, like some, oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I also like the idea of, see, like lizard folk are traditionally uh, like jungle and swamp dwellers. Mm-hmm. But why not have like desert lizard folk with like, you know, like horny toad looking. Oh, dudes? God. That'd be super cool. <laughs> some like fucking geckos. That'd be cool too. Yeah, Some why spiked not? Geckos. Yeah, oh, that'd be cool. Fucking shout out so, to Jake. I know you like you like those spike geckos, bro. <laughs> okay, all right, special guest. Jake. Um, so so lizard folk are traditionally monsters. Uh, the, but they as as the additions have kind of gone on, they've continued to ride the line between being a playable race and a monster. Now, fourth edition didn't have them as a playable race, but you could. Fourth edition had a thing where if you went into the monster manual and went to the back of it, they had like little NPC blocks that you could kind of use as playable race blocks. I remember that the um, 5e handbook has something like that too, right? If it does, I don't remember. Mm. But that's because there's so Don't much quote me on that, remember. everybody. Sorry. But it, that doesn't matter anymore because now they are um, official playable races. And I think this is fitting, but also I can see the argument for the other side because in, in like the Kenku are really hard to role play. These guys are really hard oh, to role thank play. Thank you for reminding me. Thank you to all the people <laughs> that commented on the Kenku episode with some really, really good, interesting concepts yeah. to role play a Kenku. Yeah. That is particularly the person that was like, I'm going to have a soundboard at the table. And oh, yeah, that was cool. Like, that's like, cool. Oh, that's solid. Yeah, that's that is super DM awesome. approved on, on my end. Indeed. I, and I think, as I suspect, a lot of people were homebrewing the bullshit out so yeah. yeah so there was that all right let's get back to lizard folk though so they're usually depicted as extremely primitive tribal people that dwell in swamps or jungles yeah um they're not stupid but their intelligence does tend to be lower because they're just they're just a primitive people right like they're generally unclothed out there with spears they've got like um, animal skins and like I think the monster manual has them with like a turtle shell, like a big turtle shield. shell shield. Yeah, and yeah. They're, they're 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 really fucking cool. But um, they're extremely territorial and extremely Lizardy. xenophobic. Oh, sorry. They're extremely xenophobic. Right. Um, they kind of like they kill on sight if someone comes into their territory. Now, this is not due to like what we would like. They're a very non-human race. Uh, they're they're very alien minded. So like the reason they're xenophobic isn't the same reason that humans would be. Like humans like fear of the unknown or fear of the different like fear uh, of like blankets with fucking flu viruses and cold viruses on. Yeah, them. sure that. <laughs> um, the reason that they're so extremely territorial and xenophobic is simply because trespassers are simultaneously seen as a food source and as competition for their resources that they have in their protected territory. They're very clinically minded. They're very cold, calculating, and extremely unemotional. They do not, they are not sentimental in any way, shape, or form. 
They okay. are lizard-brained, which isn't to say they're stupid. They're actually very cold and logical. They just also happen to not be very smart on top of it. Okay. And we're going to talk a lot about this because this is everything that makes lizard folk kind of what they are. Um, I think of lizard folk a lot like Vulcans, you know, from Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, or Vul- logic-based. Logic-based, except for Vulcans are hyper-intelligent, mm-hmm. or lizard folk are, are they're, they're like primitive dumb, Vulcans. They're dumb Vulcans. They're dumb Vulcans. <laughs> they're stupid Vulcans. They're, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think stupid's the right word either. It's, no. It's just like, um, no, they're, they're just not, the right they're word. just not there yet with the tech. I mean, they're, they're. Yeah, they're just not there yet, and they never will be there, and there's a reason for that we'll get into as we keep delving into the lizard folks, but let's do it. So let's talk about the emotional part. So emotions are something they're aware of, and it's it's not that they <laughs> I've don't— I've heard of love. <laughs> I've heard of love. Tell me more of this love, human. I long for yeah, something I do uh, not li- understand. Lizard folk are kind of like robots. No, but uh, they, they are aware of emotion, and— um, they feel it in a very exterior way. So, for example, they don't feel fear. Like, let's say a giant troll is attacking, and trolls are fucking scary. Mm-hmm. Um, they they see the troll, and, like, let's say you and I, we see the troll. We kind of get that adrenaline jump. We're super scared. We start to shake. Like, Fuck, it, a troll it, is about to yeah. ask me a riddle. It, it, ah, you know, we, I we, hate riddles. We feel the, the emotion of fear through every fiber of our being. A lizard folk doesn't... Well, I've never f- seen a troll, so yeah, okay. like you can't... Well, the, hypothetically speaking. I like... I, I <laughs> pick, is it like a semi-truck and you're like... Sure. Find yourself it's, like on yeah, the highway? That. Okay. <laughs> uh, a How am I going to punch the semi-truck A lizard folk sees this troll and they don't feel fear. They simply know that the attacking troll is something that is fearsome and dangerous and thus should be avoided. <laughs> they just like... They start looking around like, concern, concern. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> evasive action <laughs> yeah pretty much that's yeah that's exactly it um because of their lack of emotional emotion and sentimentality they tend to be in a completely amoralistic group okay dictated only by their needs and their um their logic i guess if you will they're incredibly neutral that's a big thing about them they're just they're pure neutral uh they only value survival for survival of themselves and their people. Sure. And they do That's fair. whatever is conducive to their immediate and most successive survival. Mm. And that's just the way they live their lives. And it's because of this that they can never, according to like just the classic lore, like advance D&D society. Classic. Yeah, D&D classic. Um, their, their society will never advance because they're not concerned with technological advancements. They're just concerned with the immediate um, survival and successive survival of their people. So they're thinking very much in the now. Very much in the now, in about, the present. They're very about living instinctual. Now. Yeah. Yeah. They don't really think about the future too much. Yeah. Damn hippies. Um, they um it's and also because of this, hunger is a huge driving factor for them because they need food. Yeah, and I'm hungry. I'm food. hungry and they're hungry it's now. It's happening fucking right now. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh and so they are omnivores and they eat uh, pretty much anything. Like, okay, cool. Uh but in some lore, it is said that they do have a particular taste for human flesh. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, granted, like, those that have to live in proximity of humans will, even though maybe humans taste better, they'll just not eat the humans because it's more conducive to their survival to just not eat the humans. Yeah, because then, like, this thing living the nearby then me show is, up. is dangerous. Yeah, exactly. humans are dangerous. Exactly. Fearsome. They're, they're about as dangerous as, like, they're probably more dangerous than goblins. Oh, yeah. If they chose to be? Oh, definitely. Definitely. They're just like not trying Humans to... Humans are definitely da- more dangerous than goblins. Yeah. Like as even, a whole. even your average human, like not yeah. even your your adventurer, if you will. Yeah. Your D&D 
playable. I would say so because if you took your average not warrior goblin and measured it up to your average not warrior human, and yeah, the human's you made more him, dangerous. You made him box it out without weapons. Yeah, the human's gonna win. Okay, <laughs> all right. So um, <laughs> long reach. They are an extremely utilitarian and pragmatic people, um, even though they're also very primitive. Uh, despite okay, for they never get angry. Like that's a thing. Like they don't feel anger. So. Okay. Like, they don't take anything personal. Insults probably don't mean jack shit to them because they don't care. Like, it, it's meaningless. Okay. Um, but despite never getting angry, they can be and will be incredibly aggressive or violent towards things if it if it works out better in their favor just because that behavior works out for them. So, like, pray that they, they want to eat. That's obvious. They're going to be violent or aggressive. Um, creatures, if, if they're dealing with a creature that's a problem or threat in some way and either they can't deal with them in a way that isn't violent or if violence is actually just the quicker easier way they'll just be violent and aggressive right and so it seems like they're cruel but there's it's actually no based. emotion behind yeah. it. yeah yeah it's all survival based with them um again this is it, I, I would imagine you're seeing this is a little hard to role play not as hard as kenku but a little difficult. Yeah, I mean, after dealing with like the Kenku issues, mm-hmm. I, this this seems like cake, honestly. Yeah, right. That's that's true. Like you just um, kind of approach things from like a I need this yeah. standpoint, and just the rest will take care of itself. Of yes, yeah, absolutely. Like, I I ain't mad. I'm just trying to like I have to kill you. To yeah, get exactly, by. exactly. Um, another thing about their cold calculating this. Well, well, we'll get into that later. Let's let me go through my notes in the order that I wrote them. Furthermore, art and beauty meaningless to them it's there's no utility to survive yeah there's no utility to them what what is that survival and use are everything to them uh a beautiful sword with ornate jewels uh versus like a really ugly sword that's like sharp and good like they're gonna go with the ugly sword sharp every single time you could sell the good stuff i guess the art in that sense like oh we need money to do this okay let's get into that because you're right and lizard folk that become cultured enough to realize that will realize that um, lizard folk are naturally xenophobic and territorial, but when forced into situations where they have to work with other societies, once they do that, they realize how beneficial that is, and then they're open to it. Because right. again, they don't fear that that is which is different and unknown. They have no social anxiety. They have no social anxiety. Exactly. <laughs> they're just like, oh, this works out great for us. Let's keep doing this. Sweet. Nobody died. Yeah. Sell more art. So I think this is a great way to open the door to lizard folk uh, adventurers because. It once you get past that xenophobic barrier, all doors are open. Like lizard folk are open to anything that makes surviving better. So like I just like ran a musical through my mind. I'm a lizard folk with emotions. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm leaving this place for that'd good. be kind of cool if you were like some weirdo lizard folk. Yeah, like, that's why you leave your people because they're they're like really unemotional assholes and like you have a soul. Jimmy, I told you to stop painting for the last like, time. Why do you keep singing, Jimmy? <laughs> I love it, Dad. <laughs> what is school, this love? It's High School Musical, but at the end sure. you don't play foot, you don't play basketball and sing. You just go fucking start like hanging out with your. God tiefling wizard friend and you start delving into dungeons i wish we had done this episode a week ago because a week ago i hadn't been forced to sit down and watch high school musical with my girlfriend oh my god you just understood my reference yeah and now i did and i'm sad i'm super sad about it can we rest it away yeah let's let's rest it away Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the part of the episode. It's not like the rest of the episode. It's different. It's a short rest. Welcome to it. Hello. What are we doing here? Not the thing we were just doing. Something else. Oh, we have a contest running. We do. We totally have a contest it's running. It's running like your fridge. You better go get it. Yeah, for the next three weeks, in fact, it is running. And uh, we're giving away two basic starter sets. That's a and ds <clears throat> basic starter sets. People, not like, yeah. a, like a toolkit for your no, car. Definitely. Definitely fucking not. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're giving away two starter sets. Um, not on some cleats March and a 1st, soccer ball we'll, and some shin guards for on, soccer. On nope, March, not those. <laughs> on March not. 1st, we are giving away two basic starter sets. And there are two ways to enter. And in fact, you can enter twice. That's the right. The first way to enter uh, is share a link to our show on Twitter. 
with the hashtag DungeonCast, I will go ahead and catch that and add you to the list. The second way to enter is to leave an iTunes review between the dates of February 1st and March 1st. And you'll be entered that way, too. So if you do both, you'll be entered twice. You'll be seen by Will and entered into our contest. Indeed. Two entries possible. You can enter twice. We're also giving away two prizes. Giving away two prizes. <laughs> A lot of twos. This is the magic. You can find us on SoundCloud.com slash TheDungeonCast. You can find us on YouTube by searching TheDungeonCast. Thank you, Josh Freeland. You can find us on Twitter where we're running our contest, at TheDungeonCast. You can email us. The dungeoncast at gmail.com is our email. Um, what else? What else can you do? Any podcast app, any any of them, any of them, they have us. Find us there. All right. Let's go back to the show. Indeed. Sorry, YouTube people who saw my face vanish. Oh. It did. Yeah. Well, it probably did. I it probably turned into my animated fantasy face (laughs) (laughs) which some would say is an improvement that's a joke (laughs) it looks so Um, much like me how's it any different that's that's a valid point (laughs) all right let's get back to lizard folk um so with their lack of sentimentality they also sentimentalism sentimentality sentimentality yeah sentimentality that's the word (laughs) i I believe you (laughs) the lack of meaningful they they also lack meaningful ties to the past uh they don't mourn their dead like ever as a matter of fact dead equals food to them oh that's a Fucking, that made me sad. Yeah, they don't. Well, they don't be because they're not like, <laughs> <laughs> like no one's sad about it. Neither the dead nor them. I mean, like, that's just the way I, that's the point. They're supposed to be very alien minded to humans. And this is this is why uh, other human races uh, kind of stay away from them because they think they're monsters. Oh, yeah. Which they're not. Well, I mean, they are kind of maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Why are you they're eating, alien your, way why are you eating thinking, your dead, bro? make you're not gonna bury that (laughs) their alien way of thinking definitely makes like a um there's a communication gap that's really difficult to overcome there because uh like most humanoids are very emotional uh, in the way they communicate in the way their societies work emotion runs through everything so Mm -hmm. like you take uh, a race of people that literally emotion doesn't exist and it, it, it makes for difficult communication. Yeah, it's not even part of the conversation. It's not. Um, that being said, if the, you can overcome the conversations, lizard folk make great allies because, again, like they're they don't have the same baggage that comes with emotion yeah they they don't have like weird selfish emotional needs or like they're not likely to betray you and they're uh, like a guerrilla warfare expert race yeah definitely they just do what it takes they're able to see the usefulness in foreign alliances with other species and thus they will make the effort to maintain the relationship not because they care but because it's useful right (laughs) it's a tool Um, to survive now this shows itself uh on the macro scale of like society to society but also on the micro scale of like interpersonal relationships so Mm -hmm. say for example you're in a an adventuring party and uh one of the adventurers is a lizard folk and you as a party stumble across i don't know a bunch of dead dwarves who got murdered It, it how does it matter point is Lizard folks first thought is like, oh, Start shit, eating. free food. Like, <laughs> uh, like I'm going to cut all Dang. these bitches up. And this is food for at least three weeks. But then the lizard folks going to realize like, ooh, maybe that's not a good idea. Because if I eat the dwarves, it will upset the humans for whatever reason that happens. And then they'll probably get all uppity with me. And then they'll be less useful when it comes to helping me in general. So I'll not eat dwarf now to get help from humans later. Okay, so they can like they have the foresight to do that. Indeed, um, 
and also like if there's dead dwarves here, there might be some living dwarves elsewhere. And if they roll up on you and you're eating and, their bros, they're gonna think you killed them. Um, yes, and that would upset the dwarves for, for some strange reason. The dwarves would be really upset about this. Like, I'm not sure what this upset thing is, yeah. but it happens to all these weird people, and it makes me uncomfortable, and it makes <laughs> things stop working out, and like yeah. whatever. We have rations. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So they're they're that. So if they is. want to leave their food on the floor. Fine, I guess. I think with that we can stop talking about lizard folks' alien mindedness. I think you get it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So moving on, let's talk about lizard folk religion. Oh, shit. They have that? <laughs> they do. But they don't feel anything about it. They just have it because it benefits them. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, shit. Um, what is it? So there's a <coughs> deity influencing their shit. Yeah, there's a deity who really vibes with the way they see life. Um, the <laughs> <laughs> Really vibe with you lizard bros. Tri- <laughs> tribes are usually led by shaman okay. who worship a god, a god named Simuanya. It's the giant chicken. Arise, chicken. <laughs> arise. Chicken. Arise. arise. <laughs> I fucking love that episode. Oh my god, um, that's an Aquatine Hunger Force. Yes. Yeah, so what is it? Super Mega Ultra Chicken. Super Mega Ultra Super Chicken. Mega, no, he's he's legend. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, Semuanya is the lizard god of survival and propagation. He's pretty much indifferent to all things not directly related to these things. Okay, <laughs> much like the lizard folk, who right? Are very indifferent to things not related to their propagation and survival. I'm, I'm the god of dumb Vulcans. Yeah. He, yeah, he he doesn't even really get involved with the lizard folk unless like he has to for their for their survival. Okay, so if there's like a plague that's really fucking them up and like they're gonna die, he's like, all right, he'll like show up and guide them to the new promised land. Here's the new promised land, and here's some fucking uh, penicillin. Yeah, you, you nasty lizard people. There we go. Um, there is another entity though who also vies for worship among the lizard folk, um, and I think it's a more interesting entity. It's a demon lord named Sesenik. Oh my god! So there's like a bunch of lizard. So one <laughs> one society, one group, social group of lizard folk, and they're what if they're like split worshippers, and some of them are worshiping a deity, and some of them are worshiping a demon? Are you saying that's what's going on? Or are you uh, saying kinda. like from group to group it varies? Um, a little bit of both. There is a demon lord named Sesenik. He's a six-armed lizard king. Oh, God. Um, he's actually kind of an anomaly when it comes to demon if lords. If he needed to, he'd rip one of his arms off and eat it to survive. Uh, no, he's not all about survival. He's, oh, no. He's not like Semuan. My yet. joke. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Sesenik is a little bit of an anomaly when it comes to demon lords. Number one, he's a lot less powerful than any other ones we've talked about. Also, he... He's definitely evil. I'm not sure how chaotic evil he actually is. Okay. But um, he basically has cut himself off from the rest of the abyss. He has his own... Um, <laughs> I'm going to start my own abyss, Dad. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's going to be better. He has his own layer of the abyss, as okay. all demon lords do. And he's completely cut it off from the rest of the abyss. He does not um, get involved in any of the demon lord wars or blood wars or any of that shit. He basically has his own little demiplane. Right. And his only, his entire existence, he has devoted himself to corrupting the lizard folk and taking over <laughs> all of Semuanya's stuff. So he, this is where they kind of cross into like monster knoll territory. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. And basically he's obsessed with fucking up Semuanya's ship. Semuanya actually doesn't care about him or acknowledge him <laughs> in any way. He also has a problem with snakes and I think this is I, I didn't 
probably do enough reading. <laughs> they're like lizards, but worse. I hate them. <laughs> they're like lizards without the legs, and I got six of them. Have you seen? Why Anac- I like them? Have you seen Anaconda? I hate that movie. <laughs> I think this has to do with the UNT, which we haven't talked about. The UNT, uh, they're like the evil demonic sneak people. Oh shit! So I think he has kind of like a, a beef with them, and I could see a really cool. Is like, that related to that? Uh, I think it's the Nine Hells with that snake demon or mm-hmm. devil. I guess it would be I, a devil. I'm not sure. It's the one with all the swords. You know. Oh, the Merilith. No, 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 no. Not at all. Okay. Not, not in any way, shape, or form. Just checking. Um, he's had limited success, again, because Samuanya doesn't do jack shit to stop him. So <laughs> when he is successful, what he does is he can corrupt. Samuanya's like, who? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, he can't. Uh, Sessanik can corrupt lizard folk and turn them into evil beings. Right. And when he does this, he turns them into what are called like lizard folk kings or queens. They just become bigger, more powerful, and evil. The Flind? Kind of like a Flynn. Yeah, because yeah. I'm seeing the crossover from the Null thing. There's a similarity. Yeah. Um, the king or queen will then take over the tribe, kill the shaman, and that's the thing. They kill any worshippers of Semuanya. Just Damn, kill them. so it's like that. Yeah, and then they will corrupt everyone else. So really, within the lizard folk society, it would be very volatile to have both worshippers exist, coexisting together. Well, they couldn't, because one would be constantly trying to kill the rest. Right. And the others yeah. would be like, well, that's not conducive to our survival, so we're just going to kill them. Okay, and hopefully there's more of us than them. So it's civil war. Oh, yeah. my God, it's <laughs> yeah. a lizard folk civil war, <laughs> yeah, and it's breaking out all across there the swamp. Go. Now, this corruption, I'm not sure how much it has an effect on the psyche of lizard folk, but I imagine it have to be a pretty uh, big change to their psyche because to make them th- care about this yeah they'd guy. have to care they'd have to be evil about it they'd have to desire to do ill and to conquer and that's a very emotional thing right so they would have to be cor- literally like corrupted by yeah. the demon so uh like we like i said they are a race and we're going to get into the racial uh stats before we do that there are a couple side notes about them um lizard folk are very canny craftsmen um, cool. They're not technologically advanced, but they're very good at taking limited materials and making weapons and stuff from them. Is that like the kobold? Um, the kobold is. They seem to have more material. They're to more work inventive. From. Okay. Uh, they're more technologically minded, uh, while lizard folk are just very canny at like taking um, a turtle shell and turning it into a workable shield. Right. And taking like the skin of any creature they kill into clothing or armor and stuff like that they're just very good to cover your loins they speak draconic okay um no one really knows why it's said that maybe a dragon taught a group of them draconic a long 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 time ago and it just kind of just went from there you guys are walking now so i think you should learn a language should be my language And, and black dragons do tend to uh take lizard folk on as minions and that's the thing lizard folk will serve them because it's conducive to their survival. So, <laughs> like, in the hell cam- yeah, dragon protection, yes. A plus. So, in the campaign that you were in, where you had to deal with a bunch of lizard folk, um, well, mostly not, not really. Well, They're that's all true. fucking dead. They were all, all the time, fucking dead, sacrificed all the time. to fucking all kinds of bullshit. Oh yeah, but they were acting outside of the the norm. Absolutely, because now that I know, yeah, now you now you know, um, they use simple words for their names again, just like. Are you really good with an axe? Well, we're, your name is now just the draconic word for axe. Okay. That's just what they do. Are you a really good swimmer? Well, guess what? Your name's the draconic word for good swimmer. Guess what? Your name is Swim Swam. Yeah, exactly. Fucking, what's up, Swim Swam? I need you to go get something <laughs> I dropped we're in the doing river. This again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, with that being said, you got any questions about Lizard Folk before we get into their traits? Uh, only if you have any more cool names. Do you have any more cool um, names for Lizard Folk? No. Like Swim Swam? No, not like Swim Swam. Johnny runs fast. Johnny runs. Yeah, see, <laughs> exactly like that. All right, moving on. Okay. All right, so lizard folk. Let's say you want to be one because they are pretty cool, actually. Um, well, you get a plus two to constitution and plus one to wisdom. 
you're you get a base walking speed of thirty feet, but you also get a base swimming speed of thirty feet because these guys are good swimmers. Motherfucking swim, swim, they're, they're, swim, swim, swims again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed, <laughs> uh, they live in places with lots of water. Yeah, uh, and because of that they also can hold their breath for fifteen minutes. Ooh, so that's not useful. as good as bullywugs who can breathe underwater, and but way worse than Janasi who can also just breathe underwater breathe. or not breathe. Yeah, but. Hold, they can hold their breath for 15 minutes. For like all intents and purposes, that's probably more than I'll ever need. Hopefully. Yeah, I mean, usually. Um, they get a bite attack because they are, in fact, fanged mod creatures. Right, um, okay. It's like a D6 plus strength piercing damage. So that's kind of like a breath attack. Yeah, it's just Comparable like, if you're completely disarmed, well, guess what? You're not. Yeah, you got some you got your face. <laughs> I still have my face, bitch. Surprise. <laughs> Indeed. Um, they... Uh, as a part of a short rest, they can craft stuff. Um, so they can take bone and hide from a slain beast, a construct, a dragon, a monstrosity, or a plant uh, of a creature size small or larger and create one of the following items with those materials. Either a shield, a club, a javelin, or 1d4 worth of darts slash blowgun needles. Damn. So that's pretty useful if you're in a situation where your weapon gets fucked up or stolen or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. This thing's like the ultimate ranger. It's really fucking cool. Like, here, let, bro, I'll make you this club right now. Yeah, Let's we're just good go, to go find like a deer and yeah. I'll fucking use its femur bone or yeah, something. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Okay. Um, Hunter's lore, you gain proficiency with two of the following skills of your choice animal handling, nature, perception, stealth, or survival. I think you know how I probably feel about this feature. It's mechanically very sound. Much like the Kenku, extremely lazy. Just pick two that fit the best and go with it. Like the flexibility of that is for me, it's it's lazy building, but also like I don't know, it it just feels not right to me. Just pick one. Yeah, just pick. Well, in this case, two. Just pick two. It should be survival, obviously, because that's what they do, and nature, because obviously that's what they do. Moving on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then lastly, or not lastly, there's two more. They got a lot of features. But this one's probably their most impressive feature. Natural armor. They don't have to wear armor. They Their hide naturally has an armor of 13 plus their dex mod. That's, that's better some, than studded leather. That's some barbarian shit. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. A barbar- See, here's the thing about a barbarian lizard folk, though. You got to reflavor that rage. Yeah, probably. They don't they feel don't it. feel rage. Yeah. So, uh, but still, yeah. And natural, but that natural that's armor plus rage. That's, that's your, yeah. what made you different is yeah. you, you get you fucking get so pissed. <laughs> you don't feel uh, anything else but fucking anger. Well, you could be, uh, you could be like a crocodile um, lizard folk, like a crocodile based one. Because okay. crocodiles do feel anger in real life. They actually have uh, extreme sensitivity to feeling anger and aggression. Well, I don't of, want to know about real life. Well, I'm just this is a fantasy role playing podcast. And I'm trying to it. apply it. I'm trying to apply it. <laughs> I'm sir. I, did, um, I actually did not know that about crocodiles. Yeah, That's very interesting. Yeah, they feel very aggressive and anger very easily. Huh. So you could be a crocodile loser folk that rages. That makes them scarier somehow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Fuck crocodiles. <laughs> fuck hippopotamus. Yeah. Fuck them too. Fuck All right. Moving on. Okay. Hungry Jaws. In battle, you could throw yourself into a ferocious feeding frenzy. There you go. You just go into a feeding frenzy. I guess. Oh, my, I, I activate my feeding frenzy. Plus, <laughs> yeah, there we go. Plus, plus two to all my damage. Yeah. Um, as a bonus action, you can make a special attack with your bite. If the attack hits, it deals its normal damage, and you gain temporary hit points equal to your constitution mod, and you can't use this trait again until you finish Shores. That's you fucking, fucking take super a bite cool. out of it? Yeah, you dig a bite out of somebody, <laughs> and then like you feel better. Oh, my God. I've been playing a lot of Breath of the Wild. You get like uh, like you can make food that gives you temp HP, mm-hmm. like extra hearts. Yeah. It feels like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> but a little more gruesome because it's like, oh, shit, he took a chunk out of that dude. I just bit that guy's bicep clean yeah, off. Yeah. Oh, yeah, God. There you go. 
So yeah, that's what you get for lizard folk. I think they're a really cool race. I'd like to see more lizard folk. I would love to roll lizard folk myself. I think I'd roll a ranger probably. That's cool. Maybe. Also, I have an idea for a lizard folk who was he was born scrawny and in like uh, weak, and the lizard folk being what they are, they abandoned him. Okay, yeah. Or or maybe he was you're gonna, going to be you're gonna, eaten. You're going to weigh us down. Yeah, or weakling. he was about to be eaten. Either way, a human. Uh, saved him an old human. Oh, who I know where you're a going. Wizard. Yeah. yeah, you did and, this with the Goliath. Yeah, I did this with the Goliath. <laughs> Mega mind. And he took yeah, but this one's not going to be no, Mega Mind. Uh, took him into the city, raised him as his own, and because of a mixture between the cultural raising from a human and the lizard folk mind he has, he kind of has a complicated uh, relationship with emotions. Yeah, like he kind of feels them, but kind of doesn't. Uh, but either way, he was raised by a hyper intelligent person who raised him to be smart. And I would make this lizard folk either an artificer or a wizard. Either way, they're an inventor and they're yeah, an engineer like and they make stuff. Style kind of wizard. Yeah, and he works with tools and builds machinery and stuff. I love that concept. The yeah. um, the artificer thing for sure. Mm-hmm. There's a really cool character in um, Friends at the Table. That's a kobold that mm-hmm. you that is an artificer. That's cool. I like that. I fucking love that character. It was yeah. really it was really good. Awesome. So yeah, that's that's just my pitch for a lizard folk character I'd be interested in playing. That being said, I think we're done here, and I think we should call it a game. Call it a game. That's usually what we do when we're done. We call right. it a game. Yeah. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.